G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Our special focus today honours grandparents and the challenge of charting a new course to encourage grandparents to grab hold of their potential to influence. Sometimes we think grandparents are old, but lots of people are grandparents even before they turn 40. Well, there's a National Grandparent Day and a National Grandparent Week. Those happened last week in October. But our special guest today is the founder of the National Grandparents Movement. All of that wisdom, unconditional love and support that comes from grandparents has the real potential for passing on a living faith legacy to the new generations of Australians. Ian Barnett is the founder of the National Grandparent Movement. He's a former senior minister of Fig Tree Anglican Church in the Illawarra. Ian, a special welcome along to 2020. Thank you, Neil. It's great to talk to you and especially great to talk about grandparents. (laughs) Hey, you know what? Even if there are uh, younger people listening in, uh, we all have parents and grandparents. So when we talk about grandparents, we're not just talking to those who are already grandparents. We're talking about the ones who will be grandparents because uh, obviously these sorts of generational uh, baton passing, uh, it, it happens to all of us, doesn't it? Absolutely. And again, what we've noticed over the last several years is there are many people who either have never gotten married, never had kids, but as they've aged, they've actually taken the role on in their local church like a grandparent. Uh, they're active in kids' ministry. They're praying for, the, for kids. And so it's not even just about people who are grandparents, as you say, but also people who are parents and potentially in the years to come may even have grandkids. And it's all about how do we actually influence that generation. So you're right in your summary of that. It's not just about those who are grandparents right now. It's about those who, can I even add in, who could even be great-grandparents? What role can they play in future generations? Let me ask you, early on in our conversation, there's something of an image, and it's a marketing image, that, uh, you know, when you're a retiree, and sometimes you align that with grandparenthood, uh, the thought that uh, you're self-centred and you're focused on doing your own thing and uh, doing a sea change or a or a tree change, or you've got the you've got the caravan on the back of the uh, the four wheel drive, and you're doing a lap of Australia. Those sorts of, but there's there's a sort of self centeredness in that. But I wonder if you think that's typical for grandparents, because somehow or other you have to realign your motivations, don't you, with what's important? Absolutely, and I think Neil that uh, Christian grandparents have sadly bought into the lie of that that when you get to a certain age or vintage, it's now your time. Uh, and so they become self-indulgent. Uh, they probably become less interested in things around them. And it's a bit like saying, you're right, they're ready now to go, okay, now that I've turned 60, 65 or 70, freedom is ahead. And I think it's a culture lie um, that says, look, you should be thinking about uh, retirement, superannuation, holidays, caravans, etc. 
And I think we have to try to challenge that. And if we don't do that through Christian grandparenting, I'm guessing we just keep living in that world that actually is nearly like a make-believe thing, while generations are growing up without knowing about Christ. And so I think it's, it's true, your summary. I think we can buy too quickly into the lights now, my time. Uh, Psalm 92 reminds us that indeed uh, we could even be more productive, can you believe this, Neil, in our later years. But actually, because we have time now to think about things maybe more intentionally, we can actually now influence others uh, throughout uh, our faith walk uh, in ways that maybe we haven't been able to do that as parents, and etc. And I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you know, when we think of grandparents, we think old. But uh, as I said, uh, you know, and I used, and I was quite uh, conservative, I thought there, you know, uh, there are a lot of grandparents who are 40 and under, uh, some quite yeah. significantly under 40. So grandparenthood and great-grandparenthood can happen all before you get to retirement. Uh, absolutely. It's not an age thing. I think when I start, I'm, dare I say, nearly 66, but when I started the ministry, it probably, originally I thought, oh, maybe these are, I'm t- talking to people who are over the age of 60. But as the years have moved on, there's a whole range of ages that we're connecting with people. You're right, under 50 who've become grandparents for the first time. Um, people in all sorts of stages of life and ages who now, for all sorts of reasons, are in a situation where our culture is changing so quickly that they are now thinking different thoughts about their own legacy, which is what we're all about. Give us an insight here, Ian. Uh, The story so far, because as uh, we've talked about uh, in the introduction, a national grandparent movement. And for lots of listeners, this might be the very first time they've even heard of such a thing. What's the story so far? Yeah, for for me, uh, as I was probably uh, first became a grandfather uh, a few years ago, and I probably hadn't really thought about so what legacy am I going to leave? But around 2017, my, my brood went from three to six. And it, I just stopped and thought, wow, what, what is out there in regards to books or resources to encourage grandparents um, to actually pass on their faith to their grandkids? And I, I'd noticed with myself and my wife that indeed we were spending more and more time with our grandkids, either because their parents had to go to the workforce because of cost of living and things like that, and so we were having our little ones, say, between the ages of one to five or one to seven, picking up from school, taking to sport and all those things. And I looked around and all I could find was conferences about investment, conferences about superannuation, conference, caravan conferences. And I thought, well, <laughs> if there's nothing out there, maybe I'll start my own because uh, I couldn't find resources. So I did. So in 2017, we started a conference and we had about 100. 10 people come up. It wasn't streamed. It was held at the church I was leading at the time. And uh, people were very positive. They came because they'd never heard of anything like this being around. And then in 2018, of course, we uh, did it again and we got around 180 come. We thought that was good. And so then we thought, okay, we'll do it again in 2019 See, really test the waters. And so we got to 450 people who came. We had to can- close the, convers- the registrations because we couldn't fit any more in. And it really, it had grown exponentially and it made me realise that grandparents and those in that stage of life were looking for something more than what the world and the culture was for them. And I think it's a very biblical thing too. The Bible does talk about the influence uh, that we have as grandparents on the generations to come. Psalm 78, Psalm 145. And of course, it's that great illustration that I love from Paul as he writes to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1. Uh, where he encourages Timothy to remember his grandmother and the influence 
uh, from Lois and his own mother, Eunice. And people just started to come out of the woodwork saying, this is fantastic. And people were in tears because they really had felt in their own churches that they were undervalued, that now they'd turned a certain age, all they were entitled to was to sort of go to a monthly lunch or something. The churches themselves weren't trying to tap into the wisdom they have. And Neil, I'm sure you know this, people who are, you know, post 50, 60, 70, they have an incredible amount of wisdom that can be passed on to those who are following. So then, of course, COVID hit in 2020, uh, so we had to cancel the event. 2021, we geared ourselves up for a two-day event, and we had uh, a number of Australians from John Anderson, uh, Greg Sheridan, and Josh McDowell. We were flying Josh McDowell out from the States. And, of course, about two months out from that, which was September last year, we had to cancel it again because of COVID. So we just did a streamed event. But what we're noticing is people do want to have a face-to-face meeting. They want to have their connections. They want to be encouraged. They want to have a great awareness that they actually can play a role and have the capacity to play a role. So that's some of the brief history about the journey. And as I delve more into it, there is so many opportunities for grandparents to engage with their grandkids uh, in regards to when they, you know, it's the Deuteronomy uh, 6 world of talking and walking. Now, I've got to put a reminder there. We are number two in the chain of command. Grandparents are not number one unless grandparents are the primary carers. And so uh, for many, many, many grandparents, they have to walk a fine line between realising that their own kids are the key influences, and that can be its own struggle. But that's a little bit of a brief history about the movement. And you've got another conference coming up on the 17th of September this year, and it's going to be in person, hosted in Wollongong, in the Illawarra. So for those listeners who can have easy access to the Illawarra, uh, that'll be your destination. But it's also going to be streamed online. So for those who are listening all around Australia, they'll have access too. We'll talk some more about that conference as we go through our conversation Mm. today. But let's stay on this uh, biblical foundation for a few moments and thanks so much for sharing those great insights about grandparents in the Bible and I'm just reminded mm-hmm. as you're saying those that uh, as you look at the genealogies uh, as you uh, glance back through uh, the genealogies of the Old Testament uh, all of those are about one generation passing on that wisdom to the next and as soon as you mention Abraham Isaac and Jacob uh, great fathers uh-huh. of the faith I mean there's uh, Abraham is the grandfather to Jacob who became Israel Mm. and uh, birthed to the nation of Israel. So Mm. uh, wonderful biblical alignments about how these sorts of things are supposed to work and of course if you get distracted now uh, you're missing something which is something really from the heart of God. Absolutely and look I was a church pastor I've retired now but I think we are a little bit accountable for that too. We don't tend to use the language in church life about the role of grandparents uh, or the influence, the biblical influence that grandparents have had throughout the Bible. Um, And I think we've failed in that as well. Uh, Society doesn't help us, that's true. But I think we truly have undervalued in church life and in other groups. And and maybe we've become a little bit self-conscious. We don't, Australians don't promote themselves. You don't see many people standing up saying, look, hang on, I'm a grandparent of 10 kids. I've got something to say. Generally, churches would say, oh, that's great. There's a seniors lunch on tomorrow. How about you go to that? Uh, We don't let them have a platform. We don't try to think about that generational legacy uh, that can actually help so many people. Um, Because, shock, horror, Neil, we're all ageing. We're all getting older. And at some point, we're all going to be in that next stage of life 
when we stop and ponder, as in if you turn 60 or, or 50 or 70, for example, what now? What is this it? Has my Christian faith and influence now stopped for some reason? And it, to my way of thinking, that's not a biblical point of view. The Bible doesn't say that. In fact, listening to Greg Laurie again only today, um, what's his line all the time? Every believer is a witness. You're either a good one or a bad one. Every grandparent is leaving a legacy. There's no doubt about that. Uh, the only question is, well, what is the legacy you're leaving? So, yeah. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You might like to be part of our conversation today and you might want to connect with the National Grandparent Movement. Ian Barnett is the founder of the National Grandparent Movement in Australia. Uh, we're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Uh, Ian, let's take a call from Emma in Port Ferry in Victoria. Hello, Emma. Welcome along. G'day. How are you and doing, Emma? How are Emma? you today, both really, years? Really good, thank you, Emma. Well, I've got a a little um, story to tell you. When I was forty three, um, I had my first grandchild, and I seen it for the first time, and I started to cry. And since mm. then, I'm not allowed to see all my other grandkids at all. My kids doesn't like me anymore. So I just thought to let you know I'm not feeling too good in in that area. Emma, mm. how many grandparent uh, children have you got, uh, ones that you're not allowed to see? Mostly all of them. I've got eight. Eight. Okay. Well, mm. uh, you know, uh, thank you so much for calling and sharing that. Uh, let's come to Ian for a bit of a response here because uh, not all grandparents are on the best of terms with their children and therefore in some ways denied even seeing their grandchildren. Uh, what are your thoughts for Emma, Ian? Yeah, look, Emma, it's so nice to hear from you. And I, it's a lovely name because my daughter is called Emma. Uh, and Emma, look, one thing you realise that life is complex and there are many grandparents I've spoken to that are in the same situation that you're in, either because of... Uh, challenges or broken marriages or people have moved away or kids who won't let uh, their parents get access to their grandkids. And so it's a challenging time. Uh, Emma, can I just encourage you, though, uh, don't give up. One of the things I've realised as I've gotten older is truly, and I know it's probably a simple thing to say, but it's the power of prayer. Pray for your grandkids by name. Uh, if you can, uh, remember their birthdays, remember Christmas, uh, make sure that you do all you can in those moments of reaching out. Uh, but certainly don't underestimate uh, the power of prayer because I'm sure that seeds that were sown years ago, our, our dear Lord will want to see them be nourished. And the day might come, when I, I've heard it before, where you'll hear amazing stories that maybe one of your grandkids, hopefully eight of your grandkids, will all come to know the Lord. So don't give up hope. Uh, if you've got time, pray for them by name and trust in the Lord that he will bring resolution or indeed reconciliation with you and your family. Emma, thank you so much for your call. And uh, our talkback line remains open, 1-800-316-316. We're talking grandparents 
You might want to have your say. You might have a question or a comment. You might have your own story. You might be able to highlight some of the challenges that grandparents have, as Emma has had there. Interestingly, just flowing on from Emma's comment, sometimes there is a blockage or grandparents feel as though they're cut off. The thought of repairing relationships, Ian, as a grandparent, if you want to actually you know, participate in being this one who's going to have this faith legacy for your grandchildren, sometimes you've got to work pretty hard at that repair, haven't you? Oh, absolutely, Neil. And look, can I just say, and, and maybe your listeners may not want to hear this, it's a slow process. Uh, if only I could say, look, give them a call today and all things will be solved overnight. It just doesn't happen like that. Um, sometimes I think if we gave our grandkids 30 minutes of a week, not a day, a week, uh, of just thinking about them, praying for them, and if we have access to them, just sharing a little bit about our own faith journey, you'd be surprised that over a lifetime how that will influence people. But we've got to understand we live in a very complex culture. Um, and as a baby boomer, and Neil, you're probably incredibly young, so you're not like me. <laughs> I'm 57, by the way. Uh, you said you were 66, I think it was, wasn't it? But uh, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a little bit behind you, but, uh, but I do have grandchildren too. And all those baby boomers who started out like I did back years ago in the 50s and 60s, and we probably had a vision of how our life would look and how our children would turn out, as in they'll all continue to walk with the Lord, they'll all get married and live happily ever after. It hasn't happened like that. Life doesn't happen like that. Um, and then people have to move for jobs or people have to move for, you know, for uh, financial reasons and housing reasons. And sometimes it is really hard for grandparents to get access uh, to their grandchildren. There's uh, a great book uh, written by an American, uh, which uh, I've I found helpful, which is called Long Distance Grandparenting. Uh, it's by a guy called Wayne Rice. Uh, because some, for many people, you can't be there in person which is a real challenge uh, because either they're living in different states. I'm talking to you from Illawarra. You're in a different part of Australia. Um, and so I, I don't want us to give up hope, though. Um, and sometimes there's a lot of pain. Either we as parents have messed up uh, with our kids or our grandkids. Um, but I think if we continue to work on the issue of forgiveness, as in our kids can do things to us. Our kids can say things, and, and you probably have experienced this in your own life. People can say things to us, our own family, and it cuts deep, and uh, the pain lasts. And so we need to work hard at forgiveness. We need to work hard at being gentle uh, and encouraging and praying that the Lord will open a door for either the grandparent and their child to get back together or indeed to have access to their grandkids. Um, and so it's a slow process, uh, but I'm someone who doesn't give up. And really, that's where even the legacy of, of patience, and we all need more patience, can be a powerful lesson to those who follow us. Let's take another call. Alex is in Melbourne. Hello, Alex. Welcome along. Yes, good morning. Yes, I'm just thinking about poor Emma there. But that's a typical situation, uh, in the world today, and especially in the last times we read in the Bible, uh, that uh, it's going to be more favoured, conditions are going to be more favoured to those who don't believe in God. And so the obvious choices go that way. But so as, as, a, as, a, as, a, um, as a grandparent like Emma, in that situation, eight grandchildren, 
uh, it's probably like Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Now, that, that's uh, telling me that, uh, you know, in those situations, we have to be uh, very careful not to even say the word Jesus or God mm. or or uh, go to church, I think we can show love without even doing, in those situations, I mean, in in those situations where we light meets darkness, we know darkness uh, disappears from light, see? So uh, that's why we have to be very, ask God for help in prayer, help, sort of. Alex, you're making some really interesting and important points here, and uh, I'll get a thought or two from Ian, but, uh, you know, we've we've struck a chord here with a a couple of listeners who've got this sort of uh, dis- uh, disconnection from uh, from grandchildren, and then you've got a you're treading on eggshells uh, to try mm. and uh, make the uh, the sort of relationship work again. Ian, I wonder whether that's the best approach. Uh, what are your thoughts here for for Alex? Yeah, they are. It's great to hear from you, Alex. Look, I, I think it's true, and I've got to say it again, uh, Neil. We're not number one. Uh, we need to realise in the in the hierarchy, we're number two in the chain of command. And so we have to walk carefully. Uh, and as Alex said, love is very powerful. And I sometimes, if I can go back to 2 Timothy 1, I can imagine, um, you know, there's, there's young Timothy. Uh, and maybe, who knows what he was like as a young guy. But I'm sure Lois wasn't sitting down giving him an hour's lecture on doctrine each day. I'm sure she was just quietly going about the normal stuff, which is most of our lives of either providing food, cleaning up after school, being there for them, praying for them, trying to say the right words at the right time. And I know sometimes we can fail on that because often we'll say the wrong thing in a, in a heated moment because it's often grandparents can get very emotional about lots of things, and as I find that in myself too. But I think Alex is right. I think we have to demonstrate the reality of our faith. There I pick on the fruit of the Spirit. But the whole reality of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc., it is so powerful, even from a distance, even over a long period of time, as we pray that the Lord will uh, do a good work in the lives of our, our kids and our grandkids. And look, I sometimes think, because Alex quoted Luke, I think that, that picture in Luke 15 of the prodigal son, and, there, and often we talk about the father and his two sons and the pain that's there. In my head, I have the picture of the grandparents who can't get access to those boys behind the scenes, praying and struggling and shedding tears uh, for their grandsons. And that's part of life. I think we have to realize that we ourselves know what struggle is, but we can now demonstrate patience. Uh, Dare I use the phrase patience of Job, but the reality of our faith and just saying kind things and kind words and I think, again, not, not ringing, if, you, if it's a strained relationship, you know, don't ring your child up and say, look, can I come around on Sunday and pick up, you know, Ted and take him to church for two hours on Sunday morning? That might be a trigger phrase or word that, again, closes doors down. Start small. Start in hope and pray that God will help you take that next step. Uh, Ian, as we've got this opportunity to take listener calls, why don't we take yeah. another one and uh, let's hear from, uh, is it Terralee in Geraldton, yeah. WA? Hi, Terralee, welcome. Hi, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm actually a 
a granddaughter. Um, just from a perspective of a grandchild, I think um, we we take we don't really take it um, in consideration for our grandparents. And I'm very happy that you guys are doing this. I've never heard of a National Grandparents Day or week, um, but I actually my grandpa my grandmother passed away recently, and um, a lot of regret. But she has taught me a lot about the Bible and how to forgive and more or less be patient, in consideration to everything and everyone. And uh, she taught me a lot. I appreciate her. Um, I think grandchildren, we don't really understand it at the time. And I think that's a beautiful thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, Terry Lee, while I've got you uh, just sharing those things, what comes to mind how that faith of your grandmother how it did sort of pass on. Was that in some outings? Did you visit regularly? Did you go on shopping expeditions? Did you sit down and have coffee? How did that all work when you were, you know, just uh, absorbing of that wonderful wisdom from your grandmother? Um, my, my grandmother actually raised me ever since I was 12. And um, she always sat back with her Bible and read. And um, uh, she basically... The, um, Try to teach me when I was young. I really was a bad influence on her for things, and um, yeah, she now that she's gone, sitting back thinking about it, uh, listening to Vision Radio is really um, appreciate it. Every moment, every Bible mm. study, stories, everything. Yeah. Um, Terry Lee, let's hear from Ian Barnett, who founded the National Grandparent Movement. Ian, as you hear Terry Lee's uh, heart expressed here, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's just wonderful to hear because uh, I think you're seeing and hearing a glimpse of the reality of the influence of grandparents and their capacity to be in a space that often there's a vacuum now. Often grandparents don't intentionally think about, well, what is my role now? What can I do? And yet we spend a lot of time with our grandkids. And so to actually hear this story is so encouraging because I think it's so powerful too. And I don't think society helps. And I think, again, we can just undervalue ourselves. I think Australians good, are good at putting ourselves down and thinking, oh, look, I won't bother. No one's going to listen. But I think if, if we realise that discipleship, and I think that's what we're hearing from, uh, from Pirelli, that discipleship is all of life. It's, it's when you're planting and cooking and reading the Bible and going to a movie together, all those things. That's where the influence comes in. Uh, the times when you're with them or even the times when you're away from them praying about an opportunity to actually uh, just connect in a certain way. So I just think it's a wonderful example of the reality of how someone passes on what I'm calling a living faith legacy for the next generation. Terry Lee in Geraldton, WA, thank you so much for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. You know, when we're talking through these things, Ian, recognising there is lots of heartache out there, that there's a disconnect in a lot of families, and sometimes it's the grandparents who are feeling like they're the ones who are rejected, you've got to be able to take some of that responsibility and say, well, no one's going to reach out to me if I don't do something a little bit different. 
I couldn't help but reflect on uh, my wife's side of our family, uh, where Mm -hmm. she had a great uncle and auntie, and they were old, but they Mm -hmm. went out of their way to know the music and the fashions that were uh, a part of the generation uh, of my wife. There's a certain, you know, you can get out of your own uh, your own sort of small box and start to recognise what new generations are seeing as important and as exciting. Uh, that's one way, mm. I guess, to to be able to try and bridge that gap. Oh, that's a great way, and that's great to hear that, Neil, because it's so true. Um, look, often people will make the comment to me, oh, look, you know, grandparents or that generation aren't very good with the technology or social media and I have not found that to be true. Once you actually share with them how they can do things, they can get access to all sorts of things that does equip them and provide information about ways they can connect with different generations. Uh, and that's a wonderful thing. Music is very powerful. And we've got to realise that you know, our current grandkids and that generation are just like us, if you can remember, when you were young. You want to feel there's a place in the world for you. You want to feel valued. You want to feel loved by someone. And these are things that grandparents can do and can show their grandkids. Uh, acceptance. And we're talking about a generation now, and you know this isn't about it, but a generation that's gone through in the last five years profound change, moral change, ethical change, um, debates about you know, gender issues, uh, who am I in this world? And I think grandparents struggle with the change going on, but, gee, there are ways they can think about talking to their grandkids. Music, books. I love movies. Uh, not that I've been to any for a while because of COVID. Yeah. Um, but there's just ways we can do that. And if you think, and again, can I use this word? It's about being intentional. Things I don't think just happen. You know, because if you have your grandkids and we're all older, you get tired after a day or two looking after them uh, and you probably just don't feel you have any energy to do anything. But if you're a little bit more intentional with the time you have with craft and all sorts of things uh, and listening to where they're at, and if you do that in their early years, as they get to their teenage years, my observation so far is they're more inclined to talk to you, which is part of the goal. So that's a, I love that idea. It's a great story. Even if you've messed up somewhere along the way and there are broken relationships, and it might even be that your own children are the, the go-between, that might be where the relationship is broken, but uh, trying to fix that, uh, coming back to that thought of repairing those relationships, is there value in uh, taking on something new, whether it's a hobby or whether it's a new routine or whether it's going somewhere different, something that will make your kids and your grandparent and your grandchildren uh, proud of you for doing, something that it brings you into their sphere? Yeah, that, that that's great. And look, I think we've got to accept, and I know this wouldn't happen for you or your listeners, but we all mess up. There's no doubt that all of us have made mistakes along the way. And mistakes we either haven't said sorry, and especially with our kids. You know, we live with them, they grow up, they go their own way. We we encourage them and teach them to be able to, as the phrase goes, fly in, in their own strength in one sense. Um, but often we don't stop and think, you know, I actually didn't handle that well, I'm sorry about that, or I butted in and I hope you'll accept my apology and things like that. We need to do that. But then we need to actually demonstrate, I suppose, to our kids, especially if it's broken relationships, that we are trying to change. We are learning new things. Uh, You've started something new. You you have an interest now in something you hadn't had an interest before in. 
uh, and you're demonstrating by that that you actually also are a work in progress. I think sometimes think we forget um, the Bible's view about we're all a work in progress. And Philippians 1 has that, that you know, Paul writes that he's confident that God is going to finish the work in us. I have no doubt there are areas in my life that God still has to take edges off. There are things I have to learn. Things I have to learn after 40 years of married life about how I connect with my wife and things like that. So starting something new is a good idea. Apologizing uh, and reaching out is a good thing. But just demonstrating that, in fact, you are still, can I say, a flawed human being who will make mistakes that you're still trying to learn from life lessons. So that's a great thing to do. You know, I'm just uh, fresh in our minds, and for anyone who watched the memorial for Shane Warne Mm. on television last night uh, from the MCG, and I tuned in a little bit for that and and, uh, was quite entertained by the memorial. And there's something about Shane Warne, not perfect, But that, in fact, can be an advantage. So when we're looking at our own life, uh, looking at some of the mistakes we've made, some of the good things we did as well, uh, being authentic actually has some advantage. So uh, the thought of a grandparent uh, trying to look uh, high and holy and did everything good uh, might not actually be uh, to our advantage. But admitting a few mistakes might be an icebreaker. Any thoughts here, Ian? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And look, you're right. And, And even I watch some of it as well. And it's like our whole nation, and they say that billions watched it around the world. They're all talking about one thing, the legacy of Shane Warne. Um, and Shane, as we all know, was certainly not perfect. His diet, his habits, his interests, there's all sorts of things with people, the problem he had in, in so many areas. And yet that's, I think, what the Bible would say is being authentic, um, that we make every effort in so many ways, but we're not perfect. Um, And being authentic, and maybe this is something we're not keen to do, is actually show our flaws to our kids and our grandkids. Um, And I'd probably encourage people to realize that being authentic means that you're, what's today's phrase, you're being real, Uh, that you're you're not worried about what others think about you. That's something you've got, surely we've learned that now by now over the years, that People have their own opinions about how we look, how we speak, how we engage. And we, we often do things based on what others think of us. And it's like, no, it's okay. You're not perfect. You're never going to be perfect. Um, just be generous and gracious. Encourage people. I think if there's one word I could say to people, they need more encouragement. I just think we're living in a world that just, at the moment between Russia and Ukraine and heartache and floods and all sorts of things, people are feeling down. I think culture is impressing on us more and more, and we've got to encourage people and support them uh, and show them that there is a new way and a a new hope through our Lord. Uh, But you're right in that, mate. I I just think the more open we are with our own faith journey, heck, do 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 I have to quote, you know, John Newton with Amazing Grace? You know, I just wonder what John's life was like as a young man. And yet look, look how God used him and the change he made, which must have surprised everyone when he, when he got converted, let alone the song Amazing Grace, which is why it's so amazing. Um, and, you know, John's not alone in that journey. Uh, God himself changes people again and again through the power of the gospel. Um, and we're all flawed. I think we need to accept that we're all flawed. Uh, and so the more we, we demonstrate that and show that and still show that we are still loved, the better it will be. 
Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. <laughs> and uh, those flaws, uh, somehow or other, when the children are old enough, uh, exposing them gently to those flaws may actually be to your advantage. And no doubt you have to do that uh, in a gentle way and uh, in, a, in a sensible way. This thought of how you love your children and grandchildren. And, you know, we have our own expression of what we understand love to mean because it's based on mm. something eternal, uh, God's love to us and how we pass that love on to the next generation and then the next generation beyond. Learning how to love got to be an important part of learning how to be a great grandparent, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I just want to go back to a point you made earlier. Look, let's be honest. Our kids and our grandkids know we're flawed. They, they know it because they see it and have watched us. And so we might as well fess up and confess that as well. But the love thing is, is so true. I just think I, I try to work through the love angle through one word, which is called kindness. I think as sometimes as we get older, we can become bitter. Uh, life hasn't worked out for us. Uh, we can get annoyed at things that are happening. Um, whether it be politics, life or whatever. And people don't really want to hang around us because they, as we get older, it's like we get on a certain bandwagon and they think, oh, do I have to put up with this again? And so I think we have to work harder at this issue of being kind, kind in our words, kind in our expression. And as we do that, people will start to see, oh, they're, they're connecting differently. There's maybe a greater love they have here. And of course, that's the great scriptural thing. And don't forget, Christ died for us. At that point in time when we did not deserve anything. Uh, And that's grace, isn't it? Uh, And so I think the more we can work at that and pray about that and start the process, if we find that hard, then start small. Talk to someone in your your community or in your neighborhood or your group or something about these challenges. Seek the wisdom of other grandparents in your circle of uh, of influence. Uh, Talk to them about how you'd like to become more loving or gracious or intentional and start that conversation. You never know how God will use that. Uh, Let's come back to something we mentioned very early on in our conversation. When you're a grandparent, sometimes that means you're uh, in retirement. Uh, As we said, though, grandparenthood starts sort of, you know, round about the early 40s, typically, and uh, on through into retirement years. But when you are Uh, That grandparent or great-grandparent who is in some level of retirement, you've got more time on your hands. Uh, Oftentimes, you're much more financially free and you've got a a life that is lived and the wisdom that you've gleaned. Let's come back to the value of grandparents here for a few moments because uh, just in case there are listeners who are saying, well, what is the value of my grandparenthood? Uh, Don't they all just get everything from social media these days? Let's come back to, uh, Ian, your thoughts on that value of being a grandparent. Yeah, look, I'm laughing at the moment because (laughs) it's so true that we get all our values and information from social media. So um, I just want to put in a plug there that while there's a profound truth to that, it's also possibly that we're getting all the wrong information and the wrong values from social media. Um, I think we need to realise that grandparents really, they are an undervalued commodity. Uh, They are the footsteps for future generations. I've got to say it right up front. Um, whether we like it or not, there are things that we know that we can pass on. Um, we are in, and look, 
we're in the business of building strong family connections. And we get upset when that doesn't happen. And that's been evidenced by the earlier calls we've had, how broken they feel that they can't actually get access to their grandkids. Because we are, we, as we get older and we know, you know our time will come when we're no longer around. And again, you mentioned it earlier, Neil, with Shane Singh. The thing that Sanjil stood out to most people are Shane's three kids speaking about their father. And we know the thing that people will say at the end of our lives is what they thought of us. And so family connections are so powerful. But the the thing about grandparents is that we are a connection to the past and a a light to the future. We have experienced stuff in in the past that we can be open about and share. Uh, And also we can point out, here's some things that are going to happen in the future. Uh, And in doing that, we're being intentional. We're saying, look, um, there are things that we do know, things we can share about what we've learned. And don't forget, we, we ourselves had grandparents. Uh, my grandma was, was a great Christian woman who got me uh, into the Christian faith and shared that by sending us to a group called Zebs many, many years ago, a boys group. Um, and so we know what it's like to have grandparents who age and then either go into care or something. But while we can, you know, let us be intentional with our energy, our thoughts and time, and let us think about how we can influence a generation that really is calling out for more and more information. And I love, look, I love Psalm 145 because it talks about uh, one generation commends your works to another generation. And I think, again, we need to tell our story before it's too late. Uh, Tell our story about how God has worked in our lives. And I think you'll be surprised at the interest our grandkids have in that. Wonderful. And on your website, there's a beautiful quote, grandparents are the footsteps for future generations. So uh, special honor to everyone listening today. And if you are a grandparent, uh, that honor to you. And if we're only parents and not grandparents yet, uh, there's a stepping stone or two away. Let me just point people to the website that we're talking about today because there is a conference. It's coming up in September, so way in advance now. But you might like to identify something on your own calendar. You might like to register for that conference even today. And uh, all the better if you could be there face-to-face if you're living around the Illawarra. Uh, there in uh, perhaps southern New South Wales, uh, around the Sydney area, you might be able to make your way to Wollongong. The conference is on the 17th of September, but here's the website to connect with this National Grandparents Movement. It's NGM. That stands for National Grandparent Movement. That's ngmlegacy.com.au ngmlegacy.com.au something we've spoken about through this hour may have struck a chord well uh, there are videos there are commentaries and there are blogs to access from that website uh, to help you as a grandparent and Ian Barnett the founder of the National Grandparent Movement there's so many more things uh, dimensions we could touch on today and uh, we won't have time today but perhaps we'll make another time closer to your uh, special conference that's coming up this year but Ian Barnett thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. My pleasure Neil and thank you so much for the time and all the best to all those grandparents don't give up and Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.